welcome to Sunday Afternoon Mama, a podcast designed to help you learn to create a calm and joyful atmosphere in your home. I'm your host, Hannah Riddle, a wife, mom, and former teacher living in the Pacific Northwest. I certainly don't have everything figured out, but I hope to encourage and inspire you to be the best mama you can be. Are you ready to jump in? Today, we're privileged to talk with a listener and guest, Mary Ann Scarrow. In this episode, we'll hear the story of how one family solved the problem of feeling disconnected by intentionally coming together around the dinner table. We'll learn why it might be fun to broaden your meal ideas, think global, and you'll hear how a simple adjustment in how we do Friday nights saved a ton of time and eliminated the discussion, I mean bickering, that we used to have. This is episode 34. Here we go. Well, thank you listeners for tuning in this week. It's been so good to connect with so many of you over social media, especially in those direct messages. I am such a fan of the direct messages. I love it. So I just wanted to share a quick story from a recent weekend adventure we had. So this is a few weeks ago, but on Memorial Day weekend, we took a beach day and I just wanted to share that It was so fun to just pack up an adventure by the ocean. I mean, we're in the Pacific Northwest, so granted, it's not like a California warm water situation (laughs) at all. But I mean, some of my favorite memories from that day were just reading. I took a book. I read like 65 pages in no time at all because there was really no distraction for me. It was just like easy. My husband was with me, so the kids were just relaxed and playing and And I didn't have to watch every little thing because he was helping out. And so I was kind of sitting down in this chair, this camp chair, and just reading, sipping water and having her little lunch. And it was pure heaven to me. And then I also kept reading and sat on this uh, transition later in the afternoon to like sitting on a or laying down on the beach blanket. And I fell asleep. I fell asleep. I was so relaxed. The warmth of the sun on my face and the fact that I was reading this book just for fun, like a book for pleasure, like just because, was such a luxury and it was so amazing. My other favorite memories from that day are just watching my kids play. They would, uh, my little boy would walk out to the ocean with my husband and he'd like get really close to the, when the sand was starting to get wet and he'd get closer and closer to the water. You know that little part of the beach? And (laughs) he'd get a little nervous and then he'd kind of back up. But he did get his feet wet and he's he loves water. He loves playing near the ocean. He has a good healthy, I think, fear about it, which is fine with me at this point. He's only two. But anyways, uh, then the girls, my two daughters, were running up and down the, the sand dunes right near where I was sitting. And they were just in heaven. I mean, they were making up stories and, and elaborate plots of like what was going on. <laughs> it was just a joy to watch them. It's always a decent amount of effort. You know, on our part, like especially my husband who lugged like 50 pounds of beach gear up and down the sand dunes to get to our destination. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, babe, by the way. But it's always worth it. You know, once you get there, especially for an outdoor adventure where you have to kind of be prepared and have all sorts of things just in case, you know. Yes, there may be difficulties and you may hear some whiny voices. There may be some little annoying moments. Like we had several potty emergencies with no potty insights. That was that was fun. (laughs) And a lot of improvising on our part as parents. But again, when I kind of recognize the selfishness in my heart and kind of eliminate it, like get it out of there. And I embrace the calling of motherhood, which is often the calling of servanthood. I am filled overflowing with this just bubbling joy and I wouldn't trade that for the world 
So I hope that you have been taking some outdoor adventures on the weekends, especially on like maybe a Saturday and just enjoying the beauty of creation and nature. So today I am excited to share a little interview I did a few weeks back with a listener who reached out to me from Canada and that is my homeland so I'm feeling very patriotic as I even say that. She's from London, Ontario, and I used to live in Ontario for a few years myself when I was younger, so I remember it. Um, Anyways, this listener has a passion for encouraging mamas to lead the way in their families with a digital detox of sorts when it comes to mealtimes. So we had a lovely chat. It was so nice to get to know her over the phone, and I think you're going to love hearing her practical ideas about how to implement periods of digital detox in your own home in order to come together more meaningfully at your dinner table. It was also encouraging to hear how her family dynamic and even the feeling in her home has changed positively since she began focusing on having an uninterrupted, real conversation with her husband and with her children around family meals. Being purposeful and removing the distractions that so easily steal our attention is a hallmark of what it means to be a Sunday afternoon mama. Along those lines, before I play this interview for you really briefly, I think it's important to revisit what it means to be a Sunday afternoon mama, especially if you are new to this podcast and just joining us. And welcome, if that's the case. (laughs) Welcome. So what I mean by this phrase is that Sunday afternoon mamas are mamas who are at peace in their hearts. They're overflowing with joy. They are soaring above the stress and the chaos in the world and practicing old-fashioned hospitality by opening their homes warmly to friends and family and neighbors. This concept is inspired by the types of laid-back, rich, lingering conversations around meals that you would have, say, in rural France or Germany or Tuscany. Recognizing the value of quality time with family without rushing or without being distracted. It's also hearkening back to a simpler time, yet fully embracing where you live and the times you live in, something I am always in process of of doing. It's letting yourself say yes and sometimes saying no to the things that come your way without succumbing to the exhausting madness of an overbooked, overcommitted schedule. Sunday afternoon mamas leave white space in our lives to breathe, to be outside, to do things like sit on your front porch with a cup of coffee and wave to a neighbor, to take pride in the art of homemaking and to savor the moments you have with your family. It does not mean pretending life is easy or perfect, but it does mean going through the challenges of motherhood with courage hope, and a settled assurance in your heart that everything will be okay. Marianne's passion to reclaim the family dinner hour is a perfect example of being a Sunday afternoon mama. So let's go ahead and jump into my conversation with her, and I will link her contact info at the end in our show notes if you'd like to connect with her. I began by asking her to share a little bit about herself and her passions, and this is just a raw kind of audio file, like it's just, the audio quality is slightly different because I was using a different setup when I talked to her, so just realize that, and this was a real conversation that just kind of flowed, and I hope you really, really enjoy it. It was so much fun to do. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Marianne Scarrow. You know, tablescapes and style is uh, my business, and uh-huh. I I do table decor and for my my family and for others as well. And the whole idea started was the fact that you know my family was so busy. I have mm-hmm. three kids and a very very busy husband, and I felt like our lives were going in so many different directions, right? 
Mm-hmm. And I found that in the downtime too, my kids were like on their iPads a lot. And I thought, you know, how how do I get them off their iPads and like doing something with the family? Mm-hmm. And so my very first um, table was um, for uh, Paddington Bear, the movie, the premiere movie. And oh, yeah. so I did a whole themed, yeah, a whole themed table for the first movie. And my kids were like, wow, what is this? <laughs> and they literally, they, they dropped their iPads, ran to the table, and I knew I was on to something, right? It was uh-huh. out of a need and a necessity to connect with my family, mm-hmm. to get together and whatever form that took. For me, it took the form of the table and dinner and interaction and talking about the book, talking about the movie, and just things like that. So that's how I got started with tablescapes. And then from there, I took off to, like, doing tables for Halloween and what that meant for our family, inviting neighbors over. And it's always been about connection, right, mm-hmm, and talking, mm-hmm. talking, talking uh, with my kids, kids talking to other kids, and just interaction. So that's how that was born. And... Um, the older my kids got, the more and more of a need there was to connect around the dinner table. And mm-hmm. as uh, my oldest is uh, getting into his final year of elementary school, there's so much that um, kids need to talk about and discuss, and so I do it around the dinner table. It's a great way to um, get them gathered and get them talking and eating and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm just, yeah, I was just curious too, like how or where where you're from and then where you live now. Sure, I um, we just moved back to London, Ontario. Um, I was kind of born and raised in London. Then uh, once I started university and school, I moved all around. I was in Ottawa, then in Halifax, and then most recently we were in uh, Chicago for 11 years. Oh, okay. um, Okay. Yeah, from Chicago, we moved uh, back here to Ontario, and so we've been here now for, um, it will be two years in August. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I um, have dual citizenship, so I was born in Canada, but then my mom is Canadian, my dad's American, and we lived the first 10 years of my life in Canada, and we moved, we actually moved like four times, so I bounced from like, we went to, uh, we lived in Alberta, and then British Columbia, like on Vancouver Island, and then all the way back over mm-hmm. to Ontario. And then, so we lived kind of like, I think we were about half an hour from Niagara Falls in, a, in Welland. It's kind of a random. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And and then back to uh, British Columbia and then back down, like, to, to the U.S. But, yeah, so I, so, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So um, it's, it's amazing how... Um, Again, the more you talk about where you've lived and the more you have in common with other people and you just never know, um, know. what other paths other people have taken. It's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm also curious like how you got or how you heard about uh, the podcast because I just love to know how people are hearing about it or stumbling on it or whatever. Um, <laughs> I think I just stumbled upon it. Um, I was looking up um, – Podcasts. I was looking up um, 
maybe something, maybe I typed in podcasts on digital detox. I can't remember. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was just a Google thing. I found it and I'm like, oh, this is really cool. And then um, just started to follow you on Instagram and I'm like, wow, we kind of share the same mission and this mm-hmm. is amazing. And I love, I love what you do. Um, and so that's, it just started from a natural, very organic, interesting. Yeah. Uh, kind of way, yeah. Yeah. So, yes, we are both passionate about as much kind of quality time with family and friends, and that tends to happen around the table. I feel like, like, uh, I, I just, I look around and I just see in the culture, I don't want it to become a lost art to kind of have those family dinners and family times together. So, in your family, um, what were you noticing was the main problem? with when it came to connection and trying to prioritize, like, being together and spending quality time together around the table? Well, the biggest problem, again, was um, busy schedules, after uh-huh. school activities with my kids. Um, as I mentioned, three kids, three separate activities. And um, as a mom, I was running around um, just trying to get them to their activities, um, and then my husband, he's, he's just very, very busy. And I felt like we weren't gathering together at all. Like before I knew it, the day was mm. done. Things mm-hmm. were here. I was tucking the kids into bed and I had no idea what had happened to them. At school, <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. Like, I have no idea. Like, did they have a good day? Did they have a bad day? I just didn't know, and it was it started to become so concerning for me as a mom. I thought, like, what can I do to yeah. get to know more of what is happening besides, you know, getting them, like, from school to an activity and maybe talking yep. a little bit in the car, right? And uh-huh. here, here are some snacks, here's an apple before I <laughs> yes. drop, you know, you off a baseball. I thought, you know, I don't yes. watch that anymore, right? It was just oh, yeah. so, so busy. And I thought, you know, at least once a week, let's start to make this a priority. And Mm -hmm. so I thought, okay, if we can come together on a Friday night and just pull it together, come and have a nice meal together, maybe maybe I can start something here, right? And maybe my kids will want to start to do this and see the benefit in doing this. So the big problem was, you know, again, being very, very busy, not connecting to my kids, what was happening at school, yeah. not connecting to my husband, how was his work. Yes. There was no <laughs> sense of, like, conversation going on. And so yes. that's that's a big problem. And the fact that whenever they did have a free moment, they were on their devices. Yes. And, and it was just so hard to pull them away from that. And, you know, I, I, I felt guilty as a mom. I'm like, right, oh, yeah. I'm so guilty. You know, I just need to take a shower. So I would give them the iPad. And right. I just need to have a little bit of a break. So, okay, have, have your phone or have my phone on for a little bit. And I noticed it was a slippery slope, right? Yeah, and so sure. I, it was, it was a real eye opener for me in terms of okay, I've got to bring this back. I've got to kind of bring this back and bring it back to the table. And uh, so that's how that started. <laughs> a mom desperate for togetherness. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did you try other things before you tried focusing on meal time? That special time each week to really share a meal over the 
you know, over the dinner table? Or did you try other things first that didn't work? Or um, I tried, uh, you know, again at nap time um, when I would take them to bed or story time. I would love, you know, it was another way for me to have that connection time with my kids when mm-hmm. I was putting them to bed, reading them a story. Um, so there were things like that, but I just didn't find it as successful. Um, yes. You know, they were already winding down. They had, they were ready for sleep. So it wasn't a great time to start having those deep <laughs> conversations with them, right? They yes. wanted to have sweet dreams. And so um, yes. I, I tried to do that, but it wasn't as successful. So I thought, you know, I've, I've got to do something different here. I've got to do something different. And... Um, I started then to take care of myself a little bit more as a stay-at-home mom, and Uh I started to eat healthier myself, and that was another thing I noticed. My kids weren't eating as much fruits and vegetables as I wanted them to, and so once I got them at the table, they kind of saw mom and dad eating. They kind of saw that nothing else is really available for them. Yes. (laughs) Really try to encourage that healthy eating kind of thing. So... The table really signified a whole lot more than just putting down your devices. It was, yes. again, about eating healthy, slowing down, talking more kind of thing. Yeah, I love that. It's like a catalyst for other changes. And it's right, kind of cool. Right. You can, yeah, that you could start small and don't think, like for people listening, like don't think you have to like completely revolutionize everything every single night because like, that might be too intimidating. <laughs> but Absolutely. Start, Again, you know, start, start one small. night. Yeah, whatever works for your family, start small and don't try to do everything because, again, this may be a big change for your family if this is not something that you've done before. Yeah. So little steps lead to, you know, uh, bigger results later on. So Yeah. What would you say is kind of the main difference in your family dynamic now that you've made that time together a priority, you know, over the course of however long it's been. I guess, yeah, yeah. Uh, how long has it been since you kind of made the change? Um, it's, again, it's been a slow change. Uh, yeah. And that's what I would advise other people. Like, this is not something that happened overnight. This yeah. is something that we've been kind of, like, implementing step by yeah. step, like, over the years. So now my kids know, okay, it's dinner time. I don't have to give them a warning anymore. Okay, turn off the TV. You only get, you know, your game has to be turned off. It's like, okay, dinner time is here. They they just know that come to the table, all devices are not even near the kitchen table area. Those expectations are already set because we've already had discussions with the kids about this. So that has been the biggest change, Hannah, is there's no more arguing about yeah, get, off your ball, get off your game. You know, they already know dinner time is here. Okay, we, we unplug, we come to the table, we talk about our day. That's been the biggest and the nicest change. I love that. It's like changing the norm, you know, like changing what was normal in your home. Um, right. So I, I love that. So, yeah, how could our listeners kind of implement something similar to what you're talking about as far as a digital detox and a priority, re, reordering of priorities at, at, at dinner time. How could someone begin and not feel too overwhelmed, but just how could someone start to make these changes in their, in their homes and families? Right. I would say first, you know, uh, no matter what age is your kids, usually around four and up is when they can really comprehend, you know, what 
what you're saying and what you're trying to convey, but have a discussion with them, number one. Okay, so when it's dinner time, I would like all of you to turn off your phones, your electronic devices, and come come to the table. Mm -hmm. I also love getting them to help set the dinner table, so get them involved, right? If they have something to do and be active and feel like they're making this experience for the family, they're going to want to do it, right? And get the little ones involved in, you know, getting the plates and the glasses and and whatever. And maybe the older kids can help with some of the meal prep, right? Mm -hmm. So it's involving, it's communicating that this is how we're going to do it. And um, also consequences, right? Yes. um, This is the expectations that we as a family have set. Uh, we would all like you guys to respect it. We know that you all love your devices, and there's a lot of great games out there, but this is our time as a family, and we're going to honor it. And, yeah. you know, if you can't honor it, then you won't have your iPad for, I don't know, um, 30 minutes afterwards or, or whatever uh, you as a family um, have set as, as your rules and boundaries for technology yeah. and family time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that yeah. so much. I um it's funny, I think I think people get overwhelmed thinking that something like this is gonna be too difficult, but actually once you start and you go into it with like you said, clear expectations and what will start to happen, because um, I've seen this in our home too, is is kinda what happens is there's a shift and like the kids are gonna be enjoying that time soon. Like, it might not happen right away, but they're going to start to look forward to dinner time and time with daddy and mommy, like, all around the table and getting to tell them, like, a fun story from their day. Like, the other day, my daughter came home and was like, I'm going to marry so-and-so. Like, she she had a little little boy in her class that she thinks is so cute. (laughs) So, just finding out those, like, little fun things that they're, like, that happened to them or, you know, whatever. And just, I don't, I don't know. I just think we have a unique challenge in our generation we live, or the, the times we live in because there's yeah. technology and it's amazing and it's wonderful and it allows for connections. But it definitely is something to try to navigate and try to, like, not let get out of control, <laughs> you know. So, Absolutely. So and it's it, not it like hard. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's hard for kids and adults. Too, to, yeah. um, you know, to put down your phone, to not check your email, to not be responsive to the notifications, right? Yeah. And so if you turn that off and you give yourself permission to have this time for yeah. yourself, for your family, it, it, it is a gift. Um, yeah. But I know for kids, it's, it's difficult at first, um, especially if they've never had this experience of, of limits and boundaries on technology to now um, go through that and explain that there will be, you know, some limits can be difficult for kids at the very beginning. But like you said, once they get used to it, this is an experience they start to look forward to and dinner Mm -hmm. becomes fun and interactive and engaging. And, you know, my my kids now are around the dinner table and they can't, they're putting up you know, their hands to say, okay, I want to speak now. I want to speak yeah. now. It's my turn to tell <laughs> yeah. you about my day and who I sat with and what I did at recess. That you know, it's wonderful. And they get to hear what dad did at work and what mom did yeah. today. And it's just, it gives them a whole new perspective of what our days are like too as parents and what we do at work and things like that. So it's, it's, 
it's great. All right. So wasn't that just fun, like fun and inspiring? I just so enjoyed getting to know Marianne through this conversation. I thought it could be helpful as we wrap this section up to summarize the main points that we touched on when it comes to implementing your own version of a family digital detox in order to come together around the dinner table. So her first tip was to start small. In other words, don't expect changes overnight, right? That's like with a lot of things in life. Start small, take that small step, but trust the process. Their family started with Friday nights once per week and then it grew naturally, you know? I love that. The second tip she had was to describe what you're doing and why to your kids. Like they gotta know the why, they gotta get the full picture, especially if it's very different than what you have been doing. They're gonna question that and be like, what's going on? This is not what we normally do. So make sure you describe what you're doing and why. And along those same lines, the third suggestion is to give clear expectations with clear consequences for what happens if your kids don't participate in the family meal appropriately. Like, so a couple of examples could include like if you bring your phone to the meal or you're distracted with um, an iPad or this or that and you want to have it at the table and you sneak it over there. no screens for X amount of time afterwards or something like that, or a consequence that will actually mean something to them. You know, the fourth takeaway was to begin to experience the benefits of time spent together around the dinner table. You're going to notice deeper connection. And again, this will take time, but deeper connection, more awareness of what's going on in your kids' lives, like what they might be struggling with, what they might be feeling victorious about. You'll hear funny stories from their day. You'll start to get to know all aspects of their personality. You'll get to know maybe who their friends are a little bit more as they talk about who their friends are. And you'll be a little more in tune with, um, actually a lot more in tune with, I think, um, your spouse, like what is truly going on with him and like how he's doing. Another takeaway for you is to expand your goals naturally as your family begins to look forward with anticipation to dinner times and family meals together. I would bet pretty soon you'll be reaching out even more to your friends and your family and your neighbors. So again, it's this kind of natural progression. Just trust the process that as it becomes the norm to have these family dinners and these special connecting points throughout the week, it's gonna you're gonna wanna do it more because it's so amazing. It's so rich and meaningful and deep. So I'm gonna add one last personal idea as a takeaway for you is to try a new recipe each week. Now, this is not like a hard and fast rule. This is just a general idea for you. So here's what I'm thinking. Like try a little tour around the world with like of different tastes and flavors and types of meals, like broaden your menu a little bit. I don't know about anybody else, but I can tend to get in a rut, like a meal planning rut and (laughs) doing some of the same things over and over and over. And luckily while my kids are young, it's really not that big of a deal, but I want to always be expanding. So what I've loved doing is these German breakfasts or German style, even a dinner with your, with our family. So what you can do is it's like a smorgasbord of meats, cheeses, fresh baked breads, coffee, juice, and fruit. And sometimes you can add plain yogurt with honey drizzled on top and have various dried fruits and nuts to finish it off. It's so tasty. You can also do eggs with sausage or ham or bacon. But every time I've been in Europe, one of my favorite things is the breakfasts. You can also do this for dinner because it's actually a fantastic dinner idea for like a Sunday night when you don't want to cook because you might be like, oh, I'm all relaxed and it's been a good day, but I don't really want to have to cook. Do something like this. It's it's amazing and it's not very difficult to like assemble this stuff and just have it as, as a big spread and then your family can pick and choose what they want to make and it's just, it's simple and it it kind of 
I don't know, it always make, brings back these warm memories of, of Germany for me. It's just magical to be somewhere else for even a little bit and you get this kind of glimpse into a different way of doing things. You know, it's not like they definitely don't have like the traditional meal would definitely not include Lucky Charms <laughs> and toast with peanut butter and I don't know, a processed yogurt cup. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just fun to expand your repertoire, expand the meal, expand the ideas, expand the menu. So I would encourage you to, to go for it. All right, let's move on to the little segment we call my favorite things. And currently, as far as food and beverages go, I am enjoying having grapes and feta to me that's just this heavenly combo especially in salads i also love popsicles right now because of course it's summertime they just it makes me smile it makes me think of my own childhood when i'm having them and the last thing i love as far as food and beverages is i love sipping coconut Lacroix. it's kind of different a different flavor at first like i was not sure what i thought about it at first but now it's kind of incredible <laughs> So try that one if you haven't. I also have treasured connecting with family over the phone. I love a good old fashioned phone call any day of the week. It's just so fun to connect that way with people. And you have to kind of brush up on the art of good conversation and not being like, don't let yourself become intimidated by that. I think for some people it's intimidating to talk on the phone, but you know, that's one of my favorite things right now. So I gently encourage you to try it if you have not done it in a while, you feel rusty, you know? The last favorite thing I have is just kind of, I don't know. Okay, here, here it is. I am loving, my husband and I have this trick of trading off who picks what movies we watch on Friday nights because Friday night's kind of our designated movie night. It's literally a marriage saver, you guys. And I'm like, I'm totally kidding. Kind of, mostly kidding. But for years, we would kind of banter and disagree about what to watch. We have completely different tastes in movies. I mean, completely I will be in the mood for a movie like let's see like Iron Man or superhero type movie I'm always in the mood for like a mystery like a murder mystery or I'm always like I'm always up for like a war movie but anyways the theme here is that a lot of them are super serious and a lot of them are like intense and like oh it's so good it's like my favorite things but my husband's always like let's watch a comedy and so we kind of balance each other out. So if it was just up to me, I would probably be watching too many intense things and then be kind of bogged down by that, <laughs> even though I love them in the moment. So he helps because he's like, I know, let's watch this, you know, early 90s comedy that we've seen a thousand times, but it's super funny. So uh, yes, all that to say, we would end up on Friday nights. This is before. We would end up scrolling like that IMDb app and we'd be scrolling, reading reviews and looking at what new things Amazon and Netflix had to offer us, completely draining our energy and wasting our precious evening hours. <laughs> I hope a bunch of you can relate with what I'm saying. So finally, we had the brilliant idea of trading off. Trading off who picks, like one week it's me, next week it's, it's Jonathan. This saves us so much time and silly, petty discussion, right? So my husband is what Gretchen Rubin would call a questioner. It's one of the four tendencies that she has constructed, like personality framework. By the way, a very, very good read. If you haven't read that book, go get it. It's called The Four Tendencies. But so anyways, my husband will want to like dig into the reviews and compare this and that and dive deep into like making the best possible choice ever. We are the people that actually have a consumer reports like subscription or membership, whatever it's called. <laughs> so we are those people because of him. 
He's been known to psych me out by taking 15 or 20 minutes to pick his movie on his movie night. And then when we're about to start it and my popcorn is beginning to get cold, he'll go, wait, I don't want to waste my pick on this one. And the scrolling and the thinking and the questioning begins again. (laughs) I may have been known to say maybe a few times in a very exasperated tone, just pick one. (laughs) So... That's a really long roundabout way of saying one of my favorite things is that we trade off who picks what movies on Friday nights. Okay, now I'll move on (laughs) to a Bungalbee moment. And this is our last section for today. So a Bungalbee moment is based on the fact that my six-year-old daughter can, for a while, couldn't say the word Bumblebee. So she'd say Bungalbee. It's just super cute. So it's just noticing those cute times in the day where our kids say or do something that's kind of funny and and kind of silly or whatever. Helps us remember the joys and the the fun of childhood. So anyways, recently my seven-year-old daughter was excitedly teaching her little sister the word rebellious. This was just at breakfast the other day. Like, the word rebellious. So this is what happened. My seven-year-old is like, you're really going to need to know this in the first grade rebellious. The word is rebellious. It means you believe everything you hear. (laughs) I was super confused as you probably are right now at this second. And I was like, um, that's not really what rebellious means. Rebellious means you like to break the rules and go your own way and don't do what you're supposed to do. And were you thinking of the word gullible? To which my seven-year-old replied, oh, oh yeah, 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 that's the word. That's the word you're going to need to know. (laughs) And there's like, I don't even know what crossed her mind, like why she thought that was important and a poignant thing to share with her, her sister, but she felt like she had to communicate this, this word. And it just made my day. It was just incredible. So that's how we started at breakfast the other day. So fun. All right. Well, that will wrap up this week's episode of Sunday Afternoon Mama. Be sure to tune in next week. And please, if you enjoy this podcast, tell a friend or family member so they can check it out too. Good old fashioned word of mouth is one of the best ways to spread the news. Come visit SundayAfternoonMama.com and follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I'll be back with you next week. In the meantime, I'm seeking joy and peace with you so that we can be better mamas together. Take a deep breath and smile.